We laugh because it's all too familiar, isn't it? Have you ever noticed all the different ways that we attempt to tell a story that's actually different from our own? I mean, social media has given us endless opportunities to do this, right? We post videos, we post pictures that will hopefully leave people with a perception of ourselves that's really better than what's reality. We're all guilty at this at some level, aren't we? I mean, whenever we capture a moment, sometimes even by accident, we want people to see how awesome we are, how interesting we are, maybe how adventurous you are. Parents, we're sometimes the worst at this. When we get that perfect picture of our kids that makes them look really cuter than they really are, we want to post and make it look like that our life is so much better behind the scenes than what it really is. I'm curious what the captions would actually say if they were to post on either side of the videos that we take and the pictures that we post online. Let's have some fun with this, and I'll throw myself under the bus. Here's a few pictures that I've posted before. Here's me driving down the road. It was Avery's birthday, and this is probably the 10th picture that I took. Just right, because I'm like, Avery, you're not looking at the camera. In order for it to be an awesome picture, you got to look at the camera. Look at the camera, Avery. And then I got you know, the light shining off my sunglasses. Right? I mean, we do this, don't we? Here's a couple more. Here's me, man. I am preaching the gospel at a church, but really I just got to pee real bad. That's what it is. Here's another one. Man, a nice Sunday hike. If you were to go on Facebook and look at this or Instagram, you'd see, man, look at, look at the Pennington family. They're so sweet. They're out hiking. And I bet 75% of the time on this hike, we were yelling at our kids because they were whining so much, right? Look at my beautiful family here. I mean, we've got uh, Lily and our youngest, Madison. I mean, look how cute they are and how adorable. And, oh, look at this. I mean, it just gets better, right? These are our beautiful kids, and you'll see a few of them here. Keep going. Yeah, just scroll, scroll through them here. You got Jonathan. Everybody wants a picture with Madison, our youngest. I mean, look how cute and perfect our little family is. I mean, everybody would hope that, man, when they see something like this, oh, I wish my family was like this. But if you're on 30 minutes either side of these pictures, you would hear us say, Jonathan, get the, get the fruit snacks off the carpet. Avery, start, stop dragging your little sister around by her feet. Lily, would you stop talking so I can talk to your mother for a second, right? I mean, this is the stuff that's actually going on behind the scenes. And we all do this, right? But why? Why do we do this? I think somewhere deep down inside, all of us are hoping for a better story, to tell a better story. We do this, don't we? I think all of us would maybe say, and maybe not in this many words, but if someone were to pick up the book of your life, it would actually be worth reading. And so sometimes when we think it's actually not worth reading, we, we fabricate. We make it look maybe a way that it doesn't really represent reality and what's going on behind the scenes. Well, if you're a guest with us today, welcome. My name's Aaron, and I'm one of the pastors here, and you're joining us as we continue in this eight-week conversation in our series, Re. And today we're going to look at the word reflect. And the question I really want us all to wrestle with this morning is simply this, who are we reflecting? Who? Now, it's possible when you first heard the word reflect, the word who didn't even come to mind. Maybe the word reflect caused you to think about all the memories that you've been mulling over here recently. Or maybe, for some of us, when you hear the word reflect, you think of the image of a mirror. But what I want to do this morning is remind us all that we don't just reflect something in this life. All of us actually reflect someone. More and more these days, we would probably agree that the number one image that people are most concerned with reflecting is themselves. 
right? I mean, we're in the age of narcissism. People are becoming more and more consumed with how they are perceived by other people. And again, social media has given us endless opportunities to do this. But for those of us that have chosen to follow Jesus, this actually should look the exact opposite. In our hopes to reflect Jesus more in our life, we have to become less and less concerned with our own personal reflection and our own personal image. And I can tell you that I don't get this right all the time. I don't get it right as, as often as I wish I, I, I would. But the times that I have gotten this right, here's what I'm learning, and I want you to hear this. Friends, if you will stop worrying so much about your own personal reflection and how others perceive you, you'll find freedom. And here's the ironic part of it. You'll find freedom from yourself. Church, I fall short of who I want to be on almost a daily basis, but I can say that the more that I have leaned in the direction of Jesus and taken risks on his behalf, the more my story seems to get more and more interesting. And I truly believe that when Jesus put faith out in front of us, when he showed us what it looked like to follow him with our lives, it really is a simple faith, but don't miss this. It was never intended to be a safe faith. You can think of it this way. We can either be play it safers or risk takers. But for those of us that actually have chosen to follow Jesus, he didn't even give us the option to be play it safers. He always called us to take risks. And don't miss this. Here's why I want to make this point. Maybe, maybe the biggest risk that we take with our lives is actually losing sight of ourselves. Stop worrying about our own reflection and start thinking about how we can reflect the light, the love, and life of Jesus more in our lives. Dream with me for a second, would you? Guys, what if, what if we stopped trying to capture our own moments and started creating moments for others? Emily and I talk about this often in our parenting is we want to create moments for our kids that when they get older and they're reflecting on the past, that those are moments that make them want to create their own moments for their kids. Those are moments that create moments, moments of hope. What if that became our focus? What if our story became less about what benefited us and more about what it would look like to help others improve their story? What if, what if we went from a selfie type culture to a selfless culture? And I'm not saying you should never take a selfie. I'm sure all of us in here will take selfies and that's not really the the point, but I think you understand where I'm coming from. And what if, what if we stopped caring so much about how things reflected on us and more about how we could reflect the love of Jesus in our lives? Which leads me to our one thing today. Guys, we want our story to be that we made a better story for others. Doesn't that sound good? We want our story here at Trace, and feel free to adopt this for your own personal lives. We want our story to be that we made a better story for others. Years ago, uh, Emily and I were part of something when we were a part of a different church. We were part of something called the Jesus Prom. And the Jesus Prom was this huge party that was put on for uh, mentally handicapped people in the community. And literally hundreds of people, it was only put on once a year, hundreds of mentally handicapped people in that community, in that state, would come to this gathering. 
this party that was put on just for them. And what made this a little bit more impactful and personal for Emily and I is the fact that Emily has a mentally disabled brother. And so we'd always bring him in, and we'd dress him up, get him in a tuxedo. And one particular year, they asked me if I would stand outside of the restroom, and they gave me a montage of colognes. And they said, just ask the guests, the men, when they're coming by the restroom, if they want a squirt of cologne. And friends, something happened to me that night. And all I was doing was spraying some Stetson or Polo on these guys, and you could just see them be filled with pride Here's what I would, let me say it this way. Here's what I captured from that particular moment. With every squirt of cologne, I was giving those guys a better story. Even if it was just for one night. You ever paid attention to how little effort it actually takes on our behalf to be such a huge blessing in someone else's life? It really doesn't take a whole lot. And I can't help but think of the words of Jesus when he said, listen... If you want to find your life, you got to lose it. You got to lose it. And the bigger picture there is this idea that we're putting our faith in Jesus, we're putting our life in his hands, but he's trying to help us to be a part of a better story. He's trying to help us capture more moments that actually will make a long lasting difference. And he said he's a good shepherd, so he's not going to lead us into something that's unhealthy or away from something that's going to cause devastation in our life. Yes, it's not always simple. I'm sorry, always safe, but it is simple. Jesus says, I want to lead you into a life that is abundant life. And if I were to think back to that night, that's what I captured. I got a taste. I got a taste of what abundant life actually looks like. And even though I left that night smelling like a Macy's department store, my heart was reshaped. You see, the moments in our lives where we're actually reflecting Jesus are often the same moments that capture us. And personally speaking, over the years, the more that I have lost sight of myself and allowed Jesus to be the number one reflection in my life, my heart continues to be reshaped. The more that I learn what it looks like to not care so much about my own personal reflection, but how I can help improve the stories of others, I'm finding abundant life. Let me be clear. This is not a daily reality in my life. I wish it was, but it's not. Because when we're only interested in capturing our own story, our own moments, especially the ones that are a good reflection on us, we will potentially, if not likely, miss the opportunities to reflect the love of Jesus in our life. And friends, when we reflect the love of Jesus, it's probably one of the best ways that we can help others be a part of a better story. Now, there's another side to this conversation too, isn't there? Right? There's another side of things that have been reflected in our life or been captured in our life that we wish weren't captured. Images and moments where we wish, man, I wish, I wish there wasn't a camera around in that particular moment. Like this guy on ESPN. Check this out. For the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. One, their leading scorer, Carmelo Anthony, 27-plus points a game. Out. Home, draining his knee, trying to make it back out on the road. But let's talk about Stoudemire. Stoudemire. Do me a favor and show that again. I've never seen somebody get caught picking their nose and play it off this cool. Watch, watch the guy in the background one more time. Their leading scorer, Carmelo Anthony, 27-plus points a game. Out. Home, draining his knee, trying to make it back out on the road. <laughs> if you're, <laughs> you're going to get busted, just wink. 
what about this? We, uh, we, we've got this big Easter egg hunt coming up, and so we put this online. And so we've uh, had this out there, awesome Easter egg hunts, petting zoo, and magic mic. Let me be really clear. There's no male stripper coming to our Easter egg hunt, okay? This was, this was an oversight. We're getting a lot of interesting feedback online. And listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. If you don't know what magic mic is and why everybody's laughing, good for you. Like, uh, really, good for you that you don't understand why everybody's laughing. And that means <laughs> you're, you're better than the rest of us, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, simple oversight, but people are having fun with that online. So just so you can let people know, yeah, that's my church. That's my church. But Magic Mike is a friend of ours. Uh, he's not a movie star. He's a friend of ours that's going to be coming in and putting on some magic and stuff for the kids. So it's going to be good. Guys, I'm sure we all have things in our lives we wish weren't captured or seen by others. An unappealing picture, a moment of weakness. Or what about that squeaky little voice at the end of your bed during mommy-daddy time that says, what are you guys doing? Right. Yeah, I just went there, followed up by years of counseling. <laughs> Guys, you know when you put your faith in Christ, that God actually gives you a new reflection. Now, this is really important, so just dial in really quick. Some of you feel that you're still a reflection of who you once were. Some of you feel that you'll always be a reflection of that one thing you did that one time. But God says that you literally have become a new creation. He's given you a new image. He's given you a new reflection. And, when, and this is actually a really cool thing. It's actually a part of our salvation process. When you put your faith in Christ, he gives you his spirit. So when God, our Heavenly Father, looks down and he sees you, he's actually seeing his son Jesus inside of you. It's a new reflection. Here's how Paul says it. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift, a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. This is why we've got to reflect Jesus in our lives. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So now we're Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Think about that. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, man, come back to God. It's very possible that there's a false reflection that you need to remove today because it's distorting the image of who God says you are. Have you guys ever noticed how quick the image of ourselves can become distorted? Here's a couple of examples. Think about being a parent, for those of you in here. <laughs> Sometimes when our kids have been doing really, really good and, man, we're excited and proud of them, we feel like a pretty good parent. But then one major parent fell, and it seems like we've just screwed it all up. What about you college students or maybe high school students in the room? Maybe you put that picture on Instagram or Facebook, and you got over 100 likes, and you think to yourself, man, I'm more popular than I thought. And then you post that new profile picture. I only got 25 likes. And you think to yourself, is anybody even paying attention to me? Ladies, listen to me. What about that night? You got your makeup just right. And you look at yourself and you think, man, I, I feel beautiful. Then a few weeks later, those few zits pop up. Honestly. And you think, man, I feel so ugly. Guys, we have to be careful 
what we're allowing to become the reflection of who we think we are. And I can almost assure you that if you're not now, you have in the past carried something with you that is distorting the image of who God says you are. And we don't necessarily see those things clearly sometimes. Paul touches on this when he says, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. It's important that we understand that. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Did you know that? Did you know that you're completely known by God? And even with all of your hurts, habits, and hang-ups, God says, I still want you to be a reflection of my son Jesus. It's an amazing thing he gives us. Because he wants our story to be that we made a better story for others. Friends, if you're like me and you want to be a part of a church that you're incredibly proud of, a church that can't, you can't help to brag about, a church that you can't wait to invite your friends to, let's figure out how to live with a new reflection, to live as a new creation, to live reflecting the love of Jesus in radical ways. And you may ask, that's great, Aaron, that sounds awesome, but how do we do that? We really don't need to go any further than just looking at the life of Jesus. What is it that Jesus often reflected in the way that he lived? Here's a handful of things. He loved. Jesus loves people radically. He serves. He says that he came to serve and not be served. He gives. Even to the point of giving his very life for you and me. We're going to celebrate that in big ways next week during Easter. Jesus goes. He doesn't sit still. He went after people. Jesus invites. He invites people to follow him. He invites people into a better story. I'm not sure if you noticed, but if you look at all those words that follow the name of Jesus, they're all verbs. They're all calls to to action that represent movement. We talked about this movement last week. It's what the church was always intended to be, a movement that was making a difference for the kingdom of God. And it's my hope that people would say those very same things about Trace Church, but it's not my responsibility. It's not Corey's responsibility. It's our responsibility that we allow those same verbs be the verbs that follow the name of Trace. Trace Church loves. Trace loves people radically. No matter how much they've screwed up in their life, Trace serves. Putting people in front of themselves, Trace gives. You've probably heard me say this before, but my hope is that we're a part of the most generous church that you've ever been a part of because Jesus was one of the most generous people that we'll ever meet. Trace goes. We don't just wait for people to walk through those doors. We actually go where there's real hurt and where there's real need. We go after them. Trace Church is inviting, inviting people into a better story. I love how John Weiss actually talks about the verbs of Jesus. He says this, when we lose our verbs, we become what the world claims we are, hypocrites. Don't miss this. A hypocrite is nothing more than a noun without a verb. Lovers who don't love, givers who don't give, followers who don't follow. Guys, I want to be a church that reflects the verbs of Jesus I'm not interested, and everybody that knows me well will tell you this, I'm not interested in settling for status quo. 
I'm not interested in sitting still and playing it safe. What I am interested in is being a part of something bigger than myself. I'm inviting you into that as well. I want to be a part of a story and a movement with a bunch of selfless people who want to reflect the love of Jesus in such radical ways that it causes other people's story to become better. Guys, if we do that, that can become our reality. Wouldn't you want that to be said about the church that you're a part of? Man, our story is that we made a better story for others. Guys, that's a legacy worth leaving. I want to transition now and I want to talk to you guys about something that God has been doing behind the scenes. I mentioned this several weeks ago and talked about uh, how we were looking at a potential facility, uh, something that we actually weren't looking for it. It kind of fell into our lap, and originally we said, no, we're not interested. And then God continues to do things and show us that we believe this is actually where he wants us. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit more information on this right now because this is becoming more and more likely um, a possibility. Now, I want everybody to hear me say this, right? It's not a done deal. Everybody on the count of three say it's not a done deal. Ready? One, two, three. It's, it's not a done deal. Okay, it's not a done deal. Um, but here's what I'll tell you. This facility, I don't know if we have a map, if you can find the map on there. I don't know if we have it. If not, it's okay. Uh, it's 7.7 miles away from here. 7.7. 7 is a heavenly number. I mean, I think that's God, right? 7.7, give me a break, guys. Come on. And uh, we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes and praying, and, I, and we've literally sat down and said, okay, let's talk ourselves out of this. And God keeps showing us that this is a move that he wants us to make. And so here's what I want you to know this morning. Uh, this building is right off of Mark Dabbling. Um, if uh, anybody know, remember where, uh, what was that big fun park? Mr. Biggs. Okay, it's actually the same building that Mr. Biggs was in. If you don't know where that's at, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Um, but it's a, over, a little over 16,000 square feet. And last week we talked specifically about how the church is never, was never supposed to be about a building. And I emphasized that um, buildings cannot become like the ultimate goal, but they do become a breeding ground for ministry. And we feel like this is going to give us a bigger platform to become a church that wants to create a better story for others. And so we're praying through this a lot, and that's what I invite you to do. Keep, keep, maybe keep in mind these three words. Uh, be praying about our, with, for our team over this potential move. Uh, be preparing yourself to make the move. And guys, it's my hope. It's my hope, and it's going to take you 12 minutes to get there from this building, that an extra 12 minutes wouldn't deter anybody from wanting to be a part of the movement called Trace Church. Just an extra 12-minute drive is all it is, 7.7 miles. And then I want you to prepare Prepare to make the move, but also prepare to partner with us, maybe both financially, um, helping us. We're going to try to do as much of the work because there does need to be some demo and some renovations. We're going to try to do as much of that work as we can ourselves. And so I just want you to prepare to join with us and align with us on this movement called Trace Church to get into our own facility where we can create a bigger platform, a bigger breeding ground for ministry so that we can have a place that's going to help make a better story for others. Anybody else excited about this? Because this is pretty crazy, yeah. And, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this. This is unrealistic. I want you to understand this. And I want you to know this, not because it's like, hey, look at us. It's because, hey, look at God. Guys, we're a six-month-old church. Right now, there's probably about 200 people in this room. 
We probably got about 50 or 60 kids. We got 20 students that are already gathering. We got a church that's anywhere between 250 and 300 people. We don't celebrate numbers because that's what makes up the church. We're celebrating that God's doing something here. God's doing something here. And the fact that we can look and actually be in our own facility six months into a church plan, only God, only God. And now let me show you how much he's blessing us here. And I can assure you this doesn't exist anywhere else. As we grow, as you see what's going on around you, we're going to need to go to two services here at Liberty if we stay here. Once we go to two services, we'll be paying them $6,000 a month to be here for five hours one day a week. Just think about that. $6,000 a month to be here for five hours one day a week. We have the ability to be in our own space, a little over 16,000 square feet, that we can do tons of ministry out of for $8,000 a month. I don't know if you understand how ridiculous that sounds, but that's ridiculous. That's unrealistic. And God just put this in our lap, and I really do believe he's saying, I see you guys. And I see that it's not just about your reflection. I see that you guys want to be a reflection of my son, hoping to create a better story for others. Partner with us, pray for us, and prepare for what God has in store for this church, guys. I'm going to pray for us, invite the band to come back up here. Corey's going to come up here and lead us in a time of reflection. But I want to be a part of a church of a bunch of selfless people who are ready to make a better story for others. Let's pray. Father God, I want to just kind of back up and just think of how crazy all this really even sounds. God, I know for me personally for so long I was walking around with a a distorted image of who I thought I was. So thank you for making me a new creation. The fact that I'm standing up on a stage as a pastor over a church that's looking to make a move and getting in their own space and only you can write this story. God, I think back to the story that I wrote with my own life and it wasn't a story that helped improve other people's stories. It was a story that was hurting other people's stories. That could be the case for some of us in here. God, I pray that you continue to show us that we're a new creation. And no matter how much we've messed it up in the past, God, that we would become a church. That we would become a people that would want to stop caring so much about our own personal reflection and hope to reflect your son Jesus more so that we could help make a better story for others. We love you, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.